Hey everybody, Tyree here with Before I Forget, along with Kevin. Say hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. And here we are, back on another episode of the greatest fucking podcast you've ever heard in your... Introduce our guest, God. Okay, yeah, so today, uh, sorry, first of all, let's just say like, we've been we've been MIA for a bit, uh, much needed break, we had some stuff going on in our individual worlds, and we are back. And with our first guest in a couple of weeks, we have Joey Wynn, United States Marine Corps uh, Sergeant, who, um, if you look up on his uh, social media platforms, interviews fellow Marines and talks to them about their time in service, why they joined the Marine Corps. And you also do a little bit of uh, um, uh, finance, uh, financed uh, content for, for your people. Um, Joey, introduce yourself. Let's talk. Let's talk about you. All right. Um First of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, the, thank you for coming. You guys seem like a, a great group of people. Um, I, I've just, you know, f- first met you guys today, but uh, you guys seem very down to earth. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I try, but, man. I try not to be an alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a little bit about me. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps in 2019, um, right out of high school. And uh, I started to create some content like a little over a year ago and um, really just wanted to share the like raw experiences, like true stories that people outside of the military don't really hear from their like recruiter. They normally hear all the best parts and all the, you know, kicking down doors and taking names, that kind of story from their recruiter, but they don't really hear about like, Oh, like this is, I just sit at a desk all day and I just file paperwork side of the Marine Corps. Uh, so I just wanted to, you know, um, get, get real, real stories, raw, raw experiences out to the, the, the people that are thinking about joining. Right on, man. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a kind of a genius idea, honestly, just because I know when I joined in 2001, that's how they got me. I knew that I wanted to be infantry, but, um, I remember they sat me down and had me watch this VHS, um, of uh army rangers like moving through a building and like kicking down doors throwing a flashbangs like that's the shit that i want to do and i was like sucked in you know what i'm saying and then yeah we get to get to my unit and i'm pushing a mop and a broom more than i am pushing indoors <laughs> hell yeah combat cleaner baby so yeah. joey why exactly did you join the military because it's not something everyone likes to do except yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe 98 percent of the people who listen to the show thank you for your service yeah, um, I think I, I think uh, everybody who joins the military is like a little bit messed up somehow in in their heads. Maybe like a little bit of a rough upbringing, maybe. Uh, and I mean, I didn't have like the worst childhood or whatever, but um, I think my dad did have some like character traits that were similar to like a drill instructor, really like breaking you down mentally and stuff like that. So I feel like that that really prepared me for for like boot camp and and military lifestyle. Um, but I always knew that the military was like a, a place where people can, you know, build a good foundation of discipline. Um, people in the military, like the stereotype was people that are in the military are usually fit, um, and then also you know kicking down doors and throwing flashbangs and stuff like that. That always appealed to me as well. But um, I, I ended up 
uh, choosing an MOS that is not really kicking down doors. And th- it's it's driving trucks. I just drive trucks. So at most, I'll be doing drive-bys, you know, or driving the truck and then maybe shooting it <laughs> oh, M16 yeah. out the window. But You're right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everybody needs but, a shooter. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's a very marine way of uh, initiating contact, just driving by and just blasting aimlessly. Because <laughs> yeah. if, if, if the Marines are known for anything, aside from eating crayons, it's uh, their ability to cause mass destruction in a very short amount of time, and we love them for it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it, in pre-show we talked, and so Tyree, we, we always ask this question, like where were you on 9-11? And you're the first guest that we've had on the show who was not born yet when 9-11 happened. Um, so obviously we, we know where, where you were, you were growing in the womb, right? You were <laughs> born two, two months later, right? Yeah. Two months later. Exactly. So November 11th, um, on veterans day. So I like nice. to think I was, I was born to, to serve. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, day, man. Yeah. So with that, with that being the case, then let me ask you this. Um, since you weren't, since you weren't witness to nine 11, what was it like, um, you know, learning about nine 11, and then all this time later, serving in the military, going to boot camp where your Marine drill instructors had fought in that war and you weren't even alive yet. It's like, what, what was that whole thing like? Um, learning about 9-11, it, it was kind of like, I, I don't know, it just felt like uh, something that the teachers had to like push through like in the education system where it's like, oh, we have to learn about like, things like the Holocaust, the... 9-11, just like big events that happened. And I was like, oh, just another event that, that happened. Uh, but it didn't really like mean that much to me until like I joined. And then it was like, you know, drill instructors that have been through combat and they're getting shot by like kids with AK-47s. And then <laughs> it's like, yo, like this is, this is some real shit right here. And then, um, so it really did like open up my eyes to, to like a different perspective of, of how serious um, these things can be. That is kind of crazy to think that like the education system um, was passively teaching it, I guess you could say uh, a local news channel here actually posted an article because people were complaining, parents were complaining that their children weren't you know being taught about nine 11. And so the, the news station went out to a couple different junior highs and high schools and asked them what they were doing and sat in on some of the lessons and everything. And they were doing full-on projects and everything. But, you know, that could have also been, like, you know, an anticipation for the news being there. I don't I don't know. But that is interesting that it's just kind of taught as another thing. And I wonder if it's if it's still so recent enough for those teachers that it's still kind of a sensitive subject. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 it's hard for us to fathom because Tyree and I, we were both in basic training. When that happened, I was graduate. I graduated three days after that, and he was about halfway through. Mm-mm, I just started. That was the week one for me. Yeah, that's what I meant. He was halfway through starting. Is what I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were there. You know, what I'm saying we were both already in the military and, and, and had joined when there was no war. Um, so it's interesting to to hear that perspective. So I mean, with with your time in the service now, what does the, what is what is nine eleven and with it having just recently passed this month like what does that what does that mean to you now? Oh, it, it means like a, a great deal. Like I think the Marine Corps, especially since I think 
we're like one of the tightest branches. Um, you know, we, we take every single death in the Marine Corps, like very, very seriously. Um, so, I mean, we have first Lawrence Hill. Uh, we have a bunch of things that it's like, we, we don't, you know, really talk about it as, as much as I think we should, um, in terms of like mental health. But I think, uh, it, it definitely is very, very important to all the military members that join, um, even if they weren't born. Because uh, then, you know, we, we hear stories of veterans and stuff like that that were in, you know, basic training or maybe they were already serving um, when when it happened. And so it's like you, you get to see a, a different side of things once you join the military and, and it becomes very, very uh, ingrained in, in, in your, like, you kind of, when you join, I think the Marine Corps, like all of the, uh, lineage that comes before you, it like, I don't know, you, you, you become a part of it. Right. And so it, it becomes something that, that you take very seriously. Yeah. 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 You become, you become a part of it too. Like it becomes like you become one with that. And it's, 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 it's always been kind of fascinating to me and kind of sad at the same time because the global war on terror lasted over 20 years here. You were not even born yet when it kicked off. And you joined the Marine Corps when it was still going on and potentially could have found yourself overseas fighting this war that started before you were even alive. And I know this has happened tons of time throughout history, world history, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> where, where wars would last you know, decades or even a century. Um, and you get to a point where you're like, what are we doing? You know, but um, but yeah, like that, I, I like how you put that. It becomes you become a part of it and it becomes a part of you like that's. That's that's a really important thing, um, and I, I, know, I do know the Marine Corps is really good um, at that kind of stuff. We try in the Army, um, but we're not as we're not as good at conditioning, <laughs> um, brainwashing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think the the culture is definitely a lot more extreme for the Marine Corps. Why didn't yeah. you jo- uh, did you consider any other branches, Army, Air Force, all that? Any of that other? So when I when I grew up, uh, I was watching movies like Rambo and stuff like that, where you see the two machine guns, mm-hmm. seven six two or whatever, like wrapped around his chest, and you're just like, damn, that, that's badass. I wonder what that is, you know. And so you grow up, and then majority of people just know what the army is, like, oh, military is army. They don't know about the Marine Corps, Air Force, Navy, mm-hmm. Coast Guard, Space Force. But yeah. uh, once I I uh, went to high, so my brother. Uh, my older brother, he's two years older than me, and he actually joined the Marine Corps before me. And so that was my, like, first, my, my kind of, like, first taste of, like, firsthand experience mm. coming back home. And my brother turned into a wholly different person. Um, and so that, that was, like, a huge, huge inspiration for me to join the Marine Corps as well. Tell us a little a bit more person. about your, hold on, let, let me know a little bit more about your brother. Like, he joined, um, was it, like, I'm going to, fucking following his footsteps were were you a little bit nervous about him joining because you know the world is a different place at that time uh was there how did the family feel there's a bunch of different things going on there was i mean just joining the the military could change a lot of dynamic in the house and both boys are gone i mean that's that's huge yeah so uh my brother and i were Pretty much like your stereotypical Asians in high school, very skinny, uh, played video games and played tennis for sports and, you know, didn't have any like 
big like physical activity background or anything, didn't have any discipline. And so for him to join, it was like super surprising for me, for my mom, my dad. Um, but I think just uh, him, him doing that was like definitely a, a huge shift in, in uh, like the family dynamic because he came back and all of a sudden, you know, he stood taller. Um, his life just was a little bit more uh, structured and he just had a little bit more, more, more discipline. Right. So it, it, uh, definitely showed me what the, the potential was. Um, cause I would come when he was in, uh, like MCT, uh, Marine, uh, Marine combat training. And I would go and see like, Oh, like this is the gun that he shot. This is the pack that he, uh, had on his back or whatever. And I was like, damn, this is, this is some thick ass, like stuff that you, you don't see, um, in, in like, you know, advertising. So, cause I, I was able to go there, see all the Marines there. And so that, that was like a huge, huge, um, like, I, I don't think a lot of people get, get to experience that. Um, yeah. So you were like all in before mm-hmm. you even signed the paperwork. You, you were fucking set. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, damn, like this is, this is awesome. Like, why wow. do I, why do I want to go to college anymore? Like, I don't know. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and yeah. And that, that's, uh, to, to, to kind of, um, it, it's almost like seeing it, uh, especially, okay. So maybe the connection with your brother, but like, if you, if your brother wasn't there, maybe you wouldn't have had that same connection, but it's almost like glamorizing the whole concept of what it means to be in the military or specifically in your case, the, the Marine Corps, um, and, and seeing those changes in your brother. Um, yeah, I can see that having a huge impact on you. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it was a positive impact. Um, cause there, I mean, there are those stories out there. Um, so with 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 you not growing up with the type of background, like like the background you were talking about, was boot camp um, more of a challenge for you? Th- do you think, or did, did you have a problem kind of getting along? No, I, th- I think it was fine for for me. Uh, I think my dad was very very strict growing up. Like he was like everything was like timed. It was like do it right now. Um, very very. Like, uh, he tried to like instill a lot of discipline in, in us. Um, but we were just like pussies back then. Sorry. Am I able to say that? Yeah, you're fine. Man. Okay. You're fine. Yeah. Man. We, we were just total pansies back then. Um, so I think afterwards the, the Marine Corps really made us a lot tougher. Like I'm way tougher now, um, mentally, physically. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me I like how you chilled off when you said physically, though. You're like, mentally, physically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm maybe still, it could be a little there. dumb. Yeah. yeah. It's, still it's a process, man. Yeah. It's a process, for sure. So, we don't have a lot of Marines on. Tell us about the Marine basic training, because uh, we know Army, and I'm sure it's... You say it was easy. I'm sure there were some parts that weren't so easy. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the hardest part for me, because I'm short and skinny is carrying a lot of weight on me. So during our first few hikes, uh, that was like the hardest transition for me because before, like, I'm skinny, right? I could do pull-ups. I can – I'm not a good runner, but I can run, like, decent compared to people that are a little bit more overweight. Um, But then once we had some weight on us, that's when I really started to – like, I had to push myself. So I remember one of the hikes that we did – it was, so we, we, it was like a gradual buildup, right? So it was like 
Uh, you do like a three mile hike or whatever, five mile, 10 mile, 15 mile or whatever. Uh, we did all that build up, right? All the way up to like 15 miles or whatever. And then we had the final hike before the start of the crucible, which is like a three mile hike. It's supposed to be super easy, but I was a little bit too cocky and I didn't hydrate the, the, the prior day before. So once we packed everything, uh, I didn't account for the extra weight that we had to take for, for everything that was going on in the crucible. So I actually ended up falling out on, on that hike. And then it was just, it was horrible. Like I was like falling back. I seeing everybody pass me and then all the other like platoons start to pass me as well. And all the drone suckers are just like, you see that recruit right there? That's a fucking, that, that that's the word. And, like he just started saying a bunch of stuff. I don't even remember what he said. I just remember the feeling and it was just like, like i don't know i just felt ashamed of myself i didn't want anybody to like look at me um <laughs> but never yeah, want to feel that again yeah yeah it definitely taught me a good lesson yeah yeah so um yeah boot camp man um i i've, I've had the opportunity so i was a drill sergeant um it, it, that's what i did in the reserve that's why i would go up and teach basic training and conduct all that stuff and it is um hearing stories between you know uh, from what from what um, Marines have told me about boot camp, and then what I know about doing basic training from when I went through, and then when I first became a drill sergeant back in two thousand eight, my first time on the trail in two thousand nine to last year, it's changed quite a bit, um, and it still differs quite a bit from what I know of Marine Corps boot camp. Um, I I found it pretty interesting that like you guys, so like you can go on YouTube and you can look up Marine Corps drill instructor. Um, or calling drill and ceremony or Marine Corps drill and ceremony, um, Marine, Marines marching, all that stuff. And it's just like, it's so beautifully done. Like, it's like the Marine Corps understands DNC better than anybody on the planet. And I was surprised to find that, like, that's not really taught until later on in boot camp. Is that right? Uh, you, you mean like when they're, when they're marching like drill? Yeah. 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 Like out, out in the big parade deck or whatever y'all call it. Oh, that, that starts from like pretty much like the, the very beginning, but it's just, um, you, you don't see the, like all the times that we mess up in the beginning. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Usually on YouTube and stuff like that, you see the, the final, uh, right. polished version where everybody's like, everybody's done messing up. <laughs> right. It's all, everyone's all in step and it's all perfected and in tune. That's cool. Yeah. Though. So you, you, you join, right? You go through boot camp, you go through your training to be, um, is that motor T is that what you do? Yeah. Yeah. Motor T. So you go through that training, uh, which basically gets you your CDL more or less, right? Cause you learn how to drive all the things that the Marine Corps has that has wheels. Um, yeah. and you and get your unit badass. and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm about to start my career in the Marine Corps. And, um, and then you're like, then like so what is the realization there you get there you do all this training you 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 experience your brother going through all that training and then you're finally there a, a united states marine trained up for motor t you get to your first unit what happens like what what was that like um so i'm i'm a reservist so i don't have the experience of going to the fleet is what they call it in active duty um so I think, you know, in the reserves, it's a lot more chill because people are more civilians mm-hmm. than they have more time as a civilian. So they're not like as extreme, I think, as active duty side. 
Um, but I mean, obviously the tradition is still there. The culture is still there. Um, but it's just a lot less, uh, extreme, I think. So, uh, on my unit, it's, it's, it was awesome. Um, I didn't have any experience with like toxic leaders. Actually, I, I kind of did in, in the beginning, but, um, those guys kind of like faded out. Uh, I don't know if I, if I should talk about that or not, but <laughs> uh, yeah, you can, if you want to, you can, if you want to. <clears throat> oh yeah. I mean, I think back then it was, uh, just a different generation. So, uh, I think it was a lot of dudes that were struggling, I think in the civilian world and they were just taking it out on, on all the Marines there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I got to experience a little bit of that, but then, you know, it's always like, uh, uh, my my experience is always less than the people that came before me, and they're like, "Oh, I had it way worse than you," oh, <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. what they always say. Oh, it was so much more worse back in the day, but you guys got it easy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, like, uh, as as a sergeant now, I I I try to just um, really, you know, not do the same kind of things that my leadership did back then. Um, to, to all the new Marines, I like to make it a little bit more, um, you know, cause the Marine Corps is changing, right. And it's a, it's a professional organization now. And, um, it's, it's changing a lot for sure. Like the, you, did you guys see the, the Marine that graduated with like, uh, cause he's, he's like a Sikh oh, yeah, the turban, or something like the that. The turban and beard. Yeah. yeah he yeah. had the turban and the, be- uh, the turban and the beard. Mm-hmm. Um, now female Marines are in San Diego. So it's, it's changing a lot. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've had, we've had Sikh soldiers for a while in the army and, um, offering religious exemptions for beards and and things of that nature. And there's a lot of, a lot of people are pissed about it. Uh, you know, the old school army folks are just like, this is, you know, it's bullshit. If I can't have a beard, they can't have a beard. I don't care what your religion is, blah, 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 which definitely toes the line of, uh, falling under EO, right. Equal opportunity violations. Um, but it, it's a, it's a whole thing, but I, I think a lot of people understand, need to understand, and it's kind of what you're talking about is the military is evolving, um, and trying to stay up with the times because the civilian population is evolving and, and changing and becoming something different as it does. It's always done that since the beginning of man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. the military has to change with that too, or they're going to miss out on numbers, right? We're going to miss recruitment goals. And I think in 2022, the only branch that met recruitment goals was the air force, the army. We missed it by 50% uh, because people just don't want to join. And uh, like, especially people like in in your age bracket, they just don't want to join. They don't, they don't feel that, that national pride or that call to service or, or whatever it may be, or they want to deal with the BS Um, or they see those commercials on TV and they don't buy into it, you know, and they're like, "Ah, that's bullshit, you know, Uh, which is why like, I'm actually kind of thankful for like what you're doing on on your channels because you're talking to actual marines um about their actual service and what they actually do on a day-to-day and getting good tips from them who um who people you know from marines who have accomplished some things and they have some good information to put out um but uh yeah it it is interesting and i think it's kind of funny when you said the marines is a a a professional organization now because you kind of had a a little bit of a smirk um, I know I had, I had one when he yeah. said it, like oh, professional organization we're, over here. We're professional now, no big deal. La di da. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, and I can understand like like toxic leadership too, um, especially in the in the reserves. And I tell you, so I I was reservist for most of my career, 
And what it usually comes out to, I think it's the same thing you're talking about where you have like they have a shitty civilian life and they have a little bit of rank. So when they come to drill or battle assembly or whatever you all call it, um, they just take it out on people. And um, and uh, and that's 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 a problem. Right. Because then you're, you're training those people to be dickheads. And I'm glad that you were able to look at it and be like, well, that's not what I want to be when I get my stripes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because mm-hmm. no matter how good or bad a leader is, they're always a, a learning experience, someone to learn from and be like, well, I don't want to be that, but I want to be like Sergeant so-and-so. So that's that's a pretty rad way of thinking. But that's a, that's a positive way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. What um, about what about? What was it like uh, getting those stripes, man? A lot of you know being an NCO finally in the in the Marine Corps. You're an actual leader now. Like people look to you for stuff. What is that like? Uh, I think it's it's. I, I always knew I was gonna rise up soon, sooner or later, right? Because um, I I think I've always known that it's like, hey, you, you need to like grow. You, you can't just stay stagnant and and wanna stay the same rank. I don't understand it when, when, when Marines are like, Oh no, I want to be a, a Lance forever. Or I want to be a lower rank forever. Like, I don't know. It, it just, I, I always want to be improving. I always want to be growing. Um, and maybe that's just my, my motivation. Uh, and you know, I think at least in the Marine Corps, I think, uh, when I was, um, growing, I think there, there was a lot of people that had a bad, a bad mindset where they were like, oh, like, you know, f- fuck the Marine Corps or fuck whatever. Uh, I'm just going to stay a, one of the bottom dudes because I don't have to. I, I, I honestly still don't know why people have that mindset. Uh, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, maybe it has something to do with just how, like, the, the Marine Corps doesn't really help uh like people really really transition that well in, in the in the civilian world because everything in the military is a lot different than how people are in the civilian world um but yeah i don't i don't, I don't know it I, there were a lot of marines that just had that mindset and so i found myself kind of on the outlier where i was motivated i was like hey i want to grow i want to you know, get, get better in both my personal life, professional life and military life. And not, not everybody had that same mindset for some reason. So what do you, what do you do on civilian side? So, uh, I, I used to work at, at Olive Garden as a server. And then I ended up reaching out to a YouTuber. And so now I work as a, uh, I started off as a personal assistant and then I grew to become a creative director, and then now I'm the uh, chief operations officer for for the YouTuber. Oh, that's cool! Um, man. Oh, that's fucking dope. Yeah, so yeah, so I, I I learned everything that I know about social media through this uh, position. Uh, he was a, a great mentor. He still is a, a great mentor to me. Um, so yeah, now just taking my skills on the civilian side and applying it to the, the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's cool. And I guess uh, applying it to your own channel because. I mean, you said you started making this content about a year ago. You're already at 18, uh, 18.1 thousand followers on Instagram. I have actually looked at your YouTube uh, to see how many followers you have there. Um, but uh, that's pretty cool, man. So so let's talk about that, like what you do with your channels. Like what got you into that? 
So uh, I always knew that I, I wanted to be like an entrepreneur. Uh, I always knew I wanted to get into like business and stuff like that. But I think I just had too many ideas and lack of execution. Like I was kind of like a entrepreneur. Like I was like, oh, I, I want to be a business owner. I want to be an entrepreneur. But then I would like watch all these videos, read all these books, but then not actually do anything. I'll be like, oh, I, I have a great idea. I want to start an app on something. But then it's like, oh, I, never mind. You know, it, was, it always fell through. But then uh, once I got in with uh, the YouTuber that I work with now, um, that's where I, I learned a lot of just doing and taking action. And then that's where I also learned the power of social media and how that can pretty much like 10x any business out there if you do it right. Like every business nowadays has social media. And if they don't, then they're losing out on a ton of potential uh, customers, a lot of potential, like like a, a loyal following that they can, you know, uh, LTV is called um, uh, lifetime value or whatever of a customer. And that like, it, it compounds on itself if you use social media because the audience stays, even though like your video will come and go, the audience stays and they, they continue to watch more and more videos and then new people come on board. So it's, it's just compounding. Two becomes four, four becomes eight and then so on and so forth. Now, what did know, you, man. what did you do uh, specifically to get ready for this kind of thing? Like, uh, We've been trying to not trying. We've been doing this YouTube thing for a minute. We've been doing our show for a minute. Uh, what made you get right into something like that? Like that's pretty serious, uh, especially now because of the the way the world is. Like being a social media influencer or someone who's like you, a, fl- a, a CEO of somebody's business. I mean, how do you get into that? I mean, I I was a card attendant at Target and then I joined the army. Like that is something that we would do back then at that time. Like now YouTube is the thing. Like it's Mm -hmm. how, how how does one get to that point where they're like, you know, I'm going to do this. Uh, are you asking like how I got Mm -hmm. into it? Yeah. Or why you Uh, got into it really? Because I mean, again, there's a million different things to do, but basically running, social media for someone and building your own social media at the same time. It's a packed market. Like how did you figure this out of all things? So the reason why I wanted to do social media is because, you know, my mentor was an expert on social media. So it's like, if you have somebody in your life, a mentor that already is successful at any type, like if you don't know what you want to do in business and you have a mentor that's successful in a specific type of business, you could just, you know, work for them, work under them, and then learn all the shortcuts and all the mistakes that they made so that you can then take the shortcuts and grow super fast doing pretty much the same thing. Like, uh, if I didn't have my, my mentor, I might not have even started a YouTube channel. I definitely wouldn't have, uh, cause it took me like a year to like actually blow up on social media. Um, and it would, it would have taken me like at least five to 10 years if I didn't have my mentor. Um, cause you know, he already has made all the mistakes. He's been doing this for over a decade. So he knows all the tricks, all the, you, you, you don't know what you don't know. So having a mentor is great for, for that reason. And so that's what really told me like, Hey, I should go full time with social media because he already is successful yeah. in social media. And it's like, I don't know anybody else 
that's successful in business. So why not just do that? And, uh, and social media is, is a great business anyways. Um, it's, it allows for a, a lot of, uh, it, it, it allows you to have like a really cool lifestyle that, that I want, right? Like he, he makes tons of tons of money passively. He's able to work whenever he wants. He's able to make content on stuff that he's passionate about. And he's able to reach out to a lot of people and, and help change their lives through, through social media. So what's his name? Give him a shout out. Yeah. His, his name's Charlie Chang. You guys should, you guys should check him out. Charlie Chang. He does a lot of content on uh, finance, entrepreneurship, business. Uh, he was one of the original, like kind of fit, uh, finance guys that came out of the pandemic um, doing like stuff on stocks. Um, what was it called? Like the, the stimulus checks. Mm-hmm. Those, that that's the kind of content that really blew him up, um, but now he he does a lot of content on just finance and business, entrepreneurship in general, and yeah, very very smart guy on on business. Like I I don't I don't know anybody else who's as smart on business as him. Like he's super super savvy with that stuff. Right on. Yeah, and I'm, I was I was looking at I I got distracted. I was looking at his Instagram. Yeah, I mean, he's 108,000 followers on there. Um, and yeah, I mean, just just a quick glance at it. I mean, he's definitely living a life that uh, that I'm not living. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, I do think that is uh, one of the neatest things about like the um, social media and, and turning it into a career, um, and using that. And I I hate that I hate the idea of being a social media influencer, even though if you have a social media presence and any amount of followers, that's exactly what you are because you have an opportunity to influence your, your audience um, in a positive or a negative way. And so there's an, uh, and, I, and I actually spoke about this in my story not too long ago on Instagram, but there's like an inherent responsibility in watching what you do or say and making sure that you're putting out content that is appropriate um, and represents you well. Um, and, uh, I can, I can just, like I said, a quick glance at his uh, Instagram and I can see why you'd hit him up and be like, Hey man, what's happening? Uh, can you help me or can I work for you or can I learn from you? Um, how receptive of that was he? Hmm. So, uh, originally he, he posted on Instagram, like, Hey, I'm looking for a personal assistant. And at the time I was, you know, working at Olive Garden as a server. And this was kind of like the perfect storm, uh, that taught me my very first like big lesson which was to burn your, your bridges and burn the boats um, and really back yourself into a corner and give yourself no option but to succeed. Because uh, to, to give you guys a little bit of uh, backstory, uh, I was pretty much only doing like community college. Um, I was not really going anywhere with my life. And then my parents actually ended up moving to Texas and they gave me an uh, ultimatum. They were like, hey, either you move with us to Texas or you figure it out here in California on your own. So I was like, oh, snap. I don't want to live with my parents anymore. i got to get out. So got the job as a server at Olive Garden. Uh, you know, m- below minimum wage at the time, but with tips, you know, it made up for it. Um, so I think every month I was making probably like 24 to like 2800 per per month. And then that was enough to uh, get a, a, my very first apartment uh, with my girlfriend. But it wasn't really like an apartment. It was kind of like a like a really ghetto like unit. Um, so I mean, that's the only thing that I would qualify for, right? Like people that that come in and they see like 
18, 19 year old, they're like, um, this guy's not going to be able to do anything. Um, so I got that. And then that's when I applied for that Instagram post. And I, I sent like a really long email, basically telling him like, Hey, I'll scrub your toilets for you if you need me to, uh, no, no job is beneath me. And so he replied back. He was like, Hey, uh, I'll take you on for a trial period for like a month to see if you can even like work with me or not. Um, you know, if you have the work ethic, if you have, if you fit within my, my business culture, uh, you know, things like that. Right. So I was like, okay, cool. I quit my job. I quit my job and I was like, Hey, either I make it <laughs> at this trial period where I'm not even getting paid or I go homeless. Like I, I'm, I'm going to back myself into a corner and give myself no option, but to succeed. So I stopped working out. I stopped eating. Uh, I stopped pretty much like everything that was like, you know, traditionally like balanced and healthy. I cut all that out and I was just working like 24 seven. Um, and so that for, for that, for that first few, like, two, three months, um, it was a very, very like, um, like grind. I, I was in grind mode. Hmm. And, um, so out of that, uh, I got, I got the, the, the position. And, um, so that's, that's like one of my very first few, like big lessons of learning how to succeed by backing yourself into a corner and really like it's, it's do or die. And, uh, I don't think that works for everybody. Like yeah. some people, they, they should play it safe and they should, you know, save up for like six months of, of living expenses and then quit their job and pursue their passion. But some people need that extra push where it's like, Hey, you don't really know what you're capable of unless you're pushed to your limit. So I was like, Hey, fuck it. I'm just going to quit my job, um, and do this free trial and see if I make it or not. So in, in the army, there's something called Metis, like, uh, Metis. There you go. You, you're. No, no, I might. I might be saying the wrong thing. I've been out for a minute, so I might be getting this wrong. Plus, I have a lot of pot. Um. <laughs> the the situation is always going to determine how things are going to work out, and if you purposely put yourself in a situation where you have no choice but to work out, that's fucking heavy, man. I don't think, like you said, and I'm think I'm glad you you pointed that out. Like, not a lot of people can deal with that to to literally say it's all or nothing right now like at such a young age it's, it says a lot of maturity it's it says you're a little fucking nuts too yeah but, <laughs> yeah yeah but um and, i mean well, it's, I, it's something. i was gonna say on, on top of that tyree like no i mean and and there's a ton of like success stories of dudes who are billionaires mark cuban for example um he, he talks about before he ever made it big he was living in like a two or three room, uh, a bedroom apartment with like six or 10 other dudes. And he had like, all he had was just a corner of a room. That was, that was it. That was his space. And he's like, and the only, he's like, it doesn't matter, uh, what the place is, uh, cause you're just there to sleep for a few hours and then you're up again and you're back to work and you're, you're putting in the work to get to where you want to be. I mean, you look at him now, I mean, he's, he's a billionaire. He owns everything. Um, and, uh, you, you know, it, I, I know there's other stories out there. I just can't, I just can't think of them off the top of my head, but the Mark Cuban one always kind of stood out to me because he was very descriptive when he just described that room. Um, now let me ask you this though, like being that's where you are right now. Um, and this was what a year ago, two years ago when you kind of kicked this off. Yeah. Almost two years ago. If it, So two years later, now you've got two years of lessons learned, right? 
And I know you had your mentor and you were able to learn from his mistakes and not repeat those. But what mistakes did you make that that uh, that you didn't pick up from him? And what would you if you could go back two years from now, what would you change, if anything? I think uh, for. I think back then I was too distracted. I was getting distracted by way too many opportunities and uh, I didn't know what to focus on and what to prioritize. And it wasn't until I made a huge mistake of um, investing into uh, a crypto uh, cryptocurrency called Luna. Um, if you guys are like in the crypto world and you know that like a year ago or, or two years ago, it like blew up. And then it completely crashed. Yeah. And then, so I was like all in on Luna. Like I sold all my stocks, which was like $10,000 worth. And then I already had like $5,000 in Luna. And so it was 15 K into Luna. That was like pretty much all my savings and it doubled. Right. So I was at like 30 K and I was like, Oh shit, this is awesome. And then it crashed zero. So all that just, you know, crash and I was just like, damn, like that's crazy. Um, so that was like a, another big lesson that taught me like, Hey, focus on investing in yourself and focus on investing in things that you can control, which is your skills, your education and your business, because those things you can control. Like if you invest into your education and your skills, nobody can take that away from you. Like no stock market crash, no amount of taxation, no amount of uh, depression can take your skills away from you. You know, so that, that was another big lesson that, that I learned. So if I were to go back, yeah, 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 yeah. If I were to go back, I would tell myself like, Hey, just focus on business on, on your business, on Charlie's business and, um, and your skills and your education. Like if I, if I would have taken that 15 K and invested it into like courses, into books, into anything, anything else that was for me that I could control, I would have been way better off than, than I am now. Yeah, no. And uh, so that, that whole stock market thing, cause I mean, I think COVID kind of kicked all that shit off because that's when Robin hood came out and everybody was like, well, fuck it. I'm sitting at home doing nothing. I might as well put my stimulus checks into these things and see if it can generate money that way. And then Doge, Dogecoin blew up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I used to have, I had so like before it even was a thing. Like I was just like, fuck it, man. You know, cause everybody knows the Doge meme. You know what I mean? So I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll buy a bunch of that. And I, I ended up buying like a hundred bucks worth of it, which gives you a ton at that time. Cause it was like 0.00. There was like nine digits you know, yeah. behind the decimal. So I had, <laughs> yeah. I had so many of those. And then like the week before it blew up, I was like, Doge is not doing shit. So I just sold it all. <laughs> and then it blew up. I'm like, fuck, man. But there was a, that was a, there was a big thing there. And I'm pretty sure there's, there's probably economists and sociologists and whoever else um, um, studying the phenomenon of uh, uh, that happened uh, with with the, the crypto boom, because it was a, it was it was for a lot of people. For some people, it was a, it was a get rich quick thing. Um, mm-hmm. they, just, they just got lucky with it because with crypto, you can't. There's no way to properly w- monitor it and be like, okay, so this is what it's doing, and it was this, this is the trend that it could be on. Because fuck, man, in an hour and in, in 15 seconds, it could plummet, it could tank, and you yeah. lose 30k. Um, uh, unlike regular stocks where you can actually kind of look at the company and how well they do over their quarters and you can see their trends and when they typically do well, I got into it a little bit and I made, I made a decent amount, um, watching, um, 
I got into, oh gosh, what, what was it? The, when uh, the new iPhone was about to come out and they were using a special uh, tr- transistor inside of it and a resistor. I can't remember what, what it was. But anyway, they used some like third party company, some really small company, I think in Japan. And um, nobody had ever heard of them. So I was like, fuck it, man, I'll buy some of their stuff. And it it blew up when the iPhone came out. It blew up. And I say blew up like it it, it tripled my money. I didn't put a ton in there because Damn. I, I'm That's very awesome. cautious. I'm very cautious though when it comes to that stuff because I have a mortgage. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not trying to, yeah. like, you know, I'm not trying to lose all my money and stuff. But um, I it, it's an interesting lesson to learn because it's and it's almost a paradox because with the Luna, you sort of, so to speak, like put all your eggs in that one basket. But at the same time, you're saying that was the wrong basket to put any eggs in. Um, and 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 so just being aware of that. Um, did you, did, were, was it, were you kind of under the mindset that like, if Luna blows up, like I'll make, I'll generate a ton of money quick and I'll be set. Yeah, I was, um, so I, I did a lot of research on Luna, uh, before investing and I knew that the fundamentals was strong and, uh, it wasn't until the, the founder, Do Kwan, he tweeted out his entire plan and then, uh, all of the, uh, big sharks in, in the game ended up using that public announcement against him. But, uh, other than that, like, uh, it was, it was running smoothly. Like I was, um, I, I, I think I, I just got a little bit, uh, too, too optimistic where I was like, Hey, like nothing can go wrong. Like it, it was a solid crypto and that's how I was able to like double, um, my, my initial investment. But, um, it was just, you know, again, you, you can't control any of that stuff, right? As much, as much research as you do. Like even if it's the most solid crypto out there with the most solid fundamentals, um, you know, it, it, one one little thing can can send it spiraling. Yeah. Um, so, I think I bought like uh, maybe 150 bucks or something, and then I was I was looking on the internet and I saw that people were buying more stock of a different thing because of a meme, and I'm like, ain't no fucking way, I'm gonna invest money like that and. and off a meme but that's what the world is it was at that point covid yeah. had everybody completely twisted up i mean youtube channel skyrocketed fucking podcasts shot through the roofs everyone wanted to do something you know i mean here we are mm-hmm. for fuck's sakes but it was a different world back then and now i think things are starting to change a little bit a little bit slower than they were back then because they were flying um, I think people are starting to see like, oh man, we fell for it and we lost a lot of money in some cases, but there's other ways to make more money. And that's just being a mentor to people and helping them out like what you're doing now. So that's, it's a hard lesson to learn losing all that money like that. But I mean, it's still a lesson nonetheless. And, uh, you move on from it and you, you build and that's what you've been doing. Man, I was yeah, going to say, um, yeah. when you, sorry to cut you off, man, but like, when, oh, no, you're, when, you're, you're, when you're talking about like, I wish I would have put that 15K into courses, books, things like that. Like, how old are you? I'm 21. Yeah, dude, like tw- at 21 years old, you know what I'm saying? What 21 year old is like, I should have put 15K in courses and books to like improve myself, to sharpen my skills and, 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 and build, um, my wealth and my, my following, my audience, all that stuff. Like when I was 21, dude, like 
All I wanted to do was go out and get drunk. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, were, yeah. we were stationed in Germany, and, bro, like, that's all I wanted to do. But, like, and, and I think back on that, man, and I, I wish I wish the early days of my career, back when Tyree and I were on active duty, that this stuff was talked about more, mm. um, especially finance and things of that nature. Because people mention it. People mention finance. People say, like, hey, save your money. But that's as far as it goes, right? And there's not a ton of options out there at the time to to, to really do that. And there's there really wasn't a lot of um, uh, oh gosh, Re- there weren't a, weren't a lot of resources that we can go and, and research this stuff, right? And 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 now it's 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 so prevalent. Um, and I will say, like you know, you, you get followed by these accounts on social media. It's like I'm a finance guru, follow me for more tips, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times it's a scam or it's a pyramid scheme or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I wish stuff like that would have been more prevalent because I definitely wasted a ton of money. Um, I, I certainly helped the economy grow in Schweinfurt, Germany. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, you know, just to be 21 years old and to say things like that, dude, like that is beyond your, uh, you know, the, the maturity level that you're supposed to be at, you know? Uh, and that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a badass thing, dude. Like, um, you know, like we're fuck 21, man. If you can continue down this path, like I looked, so you're at like 50,000 followers on YouTube, almost 20,000 on Instagram. I didn't look at your TikTok. Um, I've been trying to avoid TikTok lately. Um, <laughs> cause it, it'll suck you in, man. Yeah. Um, so you're you're definitely you're definitely on the right track to doing something. I saw one of your videos on on YouTube has three hundred and twenty four thousand views. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I I don't even know like what what makes some of these videos go viral. Sometimes I'm like, yo, like this video is gonna do bad, and then it does really good. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, yo, this video is gonna do really well. I really like it, and then it does really bad. <laughs> it happens man, all the time we with have, this show. We man. had that same conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So often we're like, yeah. man, this show's gonna be popping. People are gonna love this shit. It's gonna fucking you know, be great. And then like the listener count is minimal. Like, oh man, like what is what is going on here? Why is this not working? And then we'll have a show where it's like oh, this is a special show that we uh, could have done better, and it blows up huge. So it's it's no one fucking knows the algorithm for any of this stuff. It's just trying to grab somebody's attention and hold on to it more than anything. If we could figure that shit out, we'd be great, but here we are. So where'd you go? Yeah, I mean, if you guys though? want. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, uh, no, say your words. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, if, you, if you guys want, after this, uh, you, uh, there's a community called Parade Deck. Uh, you guys can join it. Um, there's a lot of, like, military veterans in there that are also trying to grow their, like, personal brand, their podcasts and stuff like that. Um, so if you guys want, I, I can invite you guys and get you oh, guys yeah. connected oh, to yeah. all the all the veterans in there. I mean, dude, that would be awesome, man. Because uh, Tyree, you were you were kind of doing something on Sundays under uh, Vargas, right? But I don't know if that panned out. It sounds like it's kind of the same thing. But um, that would be cool because one, I mean, you know, you know, we 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 talk about a lot of sensitive subjects on the, on, on this on this show as well, um, and we sometimes dabble in mental health, especially as it relates to PTSD with combat related stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> our biggest goal has been in the past is like, dude, like you're not the only one suffering um, from these things. There's, we're all out there. We're all doing these things. We're all kind of suffering from it. And we wanted to showcase how people were like getting past it and, and building beyond it and become, becoming successful in their um, post experience. 
lives. And um, so I think it'd be cool to even talk to those dudes and like bring them on the show, man. I don't know. I was just thinking out loud too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a, lot, actually, a lot of them are open to that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we would definitely appreciate that. Um, Get but, everybody on board with that empowering and shit. Hell yeah. Line yeah. it up. Um, with, with what your, so with your content on Instagram, you, you, you're talking to these Marines about their service and what their time in has been like and, and t- uh, you know, tips and tricks of the trade and all that stuff. Like what, what led you into that? Like, why was that your thing? So I, I was never really good on camera, but I knew that like one of the easiest ways that you can create content is have other people talk for you. And so, uh, when I was, you know, making videos with Charlie, we, we kind of pivoted, uh, last year and we started doing interview content. And so we saw that was like a pretty big trend on YouTube that was getting big. Um, so like asking entrepreneurs, asking, um, you know, Asian millionaires, asking teenage millionaires, asking just random people on the street, uh, questions. And that, that became like a viral trend that we saw a type of format of content that would do really well. And so I was like, Hmm, nobody's doing this for the military. I feel like that'd be good. So, uh, I went to 29 Palms uh, last year uh, uh, in AT, and I was like, hmm, now would be like the perfect time because we have, uh, you know, all the Marines there, and we were all just chilling. And so I was like, hey, can I borrow your phone to record? So my buddy was like, yeah, go. And then I used my phone as a microphone, and then I just started asking, like, random questions. Uh, And, you know, it's just shooting the shit. Uh, and my, my TikTok bio to this day is uh, smoking and joking, which is like a saying in the Marine Corps. I don't know about like the Army. I'm pretty sure you guys say the same yeah, thing, Yeah, we right? got the same yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, just smoking and joking in the field. Uh, you know, you're with the boys and girls, and uh, everybody's just having a good time. So that was where it, it kind of came out uh, from that kind of um, environment. And then it, it changed into something that was a little bit more um, professional. Yeah. <clears throat> It, it kind of seems like that you 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 use that to um to build your following, and then from there, I mean, because once you have your audience, man, like you can kind of do what you want with it, and 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 like you said with with Charlie, like pivot and 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 follow the trends, so to speak. Um, so do so. Let me let me just do. Do you spend a lot of time yourself on social media? Uh, I I used to a lot. Um, because I was like just getting started. So I needed to kind of learn how these platforms worked. So I would study a lot of videos and I'd be like, Hmm, like, I wonder what, what I can do that's similar to this. Um, cause that's sort of like the mindset shift that Charlie taught me is like, Hey, watch content. I go on TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube and watch content, but not as a consumer, Watch it as a creator and ask yourself, like, hey, what did they do at this specific, like, timestamp or whatever? And then, like, why did it work? Like, what, what did the audience like about it that, that I can also recreate? That's cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tyree sent that message and I completely lost my, my train of thought. Oh, no, I'm trying um, to keep everyone on the on the time thing. But I'm, 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 I'm here in it, too. Like, uh <clears throat> 
when you get all the information and, and you try things out and things don't work out quite the way you expect them to do, um, is it just like go back to the drawing board or is it try some of the other shit we didn't try before or maybe we need to scrap this and try something completely different? Uh, like how much time is invested in something before you like, okay, this isn't a good thing. We should move on to something else. So I would say for beginners, you need to pivot like as much as possible mm-hmm. to find what really works. Because for the first year that I was making content, I made running vlogs and none of them took off. I did that for a whole year because I was just so stubborn. I was like, this is going to work, but it never worked. And it didn't work until I pivoted and did military interviews. So I would say that for, for a lot of beginners out there, like pivot constantly, uh, always be changing your content to find what works, what's going to blow you up. And then once you find out what blows you up, then you can kind of expand on what blew you up and then um, just ride the wave is what I like to call it and do a lot of content that works um, because it worked for a reason and get better at it. And then you can start to make other videos that you want that are similar to that video that people really like. Yeah. Right on. I, uh, I do, I do have a TikTok account that I've posted things on and I have one video that kind of blew up. I, it's been a while since I've looked at it. Cause like I said, I've been trying to avoid TikTok, but I think last I checked, it was like 50,000 views or some shit. I don't remember, which is a lot considering I have nothing on there. Eight, I'm sorry, 83.7 thousand views, but it's, you know, um, but it's, you know, I'm, I, you know, drill sergeant version of me and people clearing a room and then they're getting pummeled by these dudes in uh, oh, yeah. uh, black suits. Um, and it's a funny video. It's a good video. Um, but my, my thing is, is like, I, now I'm retired from the army. Um, and I will never produce content like that again, because I, I have zero intentions of putting in my uniform. Um, unlike some of these other dudes that or go to Applebee's on November 11th to get their free meal or shave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there is, there is that, there is that challenge there. Um, and, and so, and I, so, and I, I do want to say like, and to be completely transparent, like I know Tyree and I are also kind of like, we're, no, we're, we're interviewing you, so to speak, we're having a conversation with you, but like, we're also kind of soaking up what you're saying because, um, we're old. <laughs> we're not as in touch with social media as we like to think we are. Um, and so we're definitely kind of like spon- sponging a lot of this stuff up too. Yeah. Um, Instagram like you- completely confuses me. I can't keep up with it. The, what is the, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, just like, just like Joey's uh running vlog. I mean, your, your grundle thing, I think it's, I think it's trying its course. No, no, I'm coming back to that. I'm just uh, yeah. trying to, trying to, <laughs> figure things out like you guys are saying yeah. you gotta you gotta poke around before you just go ahead and jab it in no nah, true 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 um i i, I also noticed um so your shirt is that your brand or is that something no else? no this is actually charlie's uh okay so he he used to have a clothing brand uh that he started and he actually that, that business ended up failing like he lost like 15 to 20k Dang. starting that business and so he had a bunch of extra shirts and he just gave it to me and I was gotcha. like, yo, this is a thick ass shirt, like mindset. Like I don't have any shirts that say mindset like that. So yeah, I like yeah, it. No, that's, that's pretty rad. Um, and, uh, cause I thought I saw mindset on one of your, it might've been on your YouTube channel, actually the, that, that little tagline or whatever. Um, but that's something that we, that he and I, that Tyree and I've kind of ventured into as well, um, on the show and then kind of on the side as well. But, um, <clears throat> that's a, that's a tough market, man. Cause like everybody wants to, you know, make a t-shirt and uh, there's so many drop shipping sites out there and that make it easy to create these designs and slap them on there and, and sell mm-hmm. 
or TikTok, man, like these people blow up and they get millions and millions of followers and then they start a merch store and it's all drop shipped and, you know, it's something simple or whatever. I mean, it's so saturated, man. Like, is that something that you want to get into eventually um, as well? Or you just kind of like, what are your future goals? I don't think I'm going to start a clothing brand. I think I would rather start like a service mm. kind of offer where like I can help people through like some sort of service or some sort of product. Um, Cause I think, I think like clothing brand is more for like um, brands that have just a loyal following that want to rep their brand or whatever, rep their, their content. Uh, I think for me, I, I I'd rather create something where I can help people out with like something that, that will like enhance their life or m- maybe like grow their social media or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Everyone yeah, needs help yeah. with something. That's a good idea. Everyone needs help with something. Um, for example, this whole podcast stuff, uh, I thought it would be cool to produce shows for people. Uh, everyone is doing a podcast. Why can't I put together their shows or edit them for them? So it's basically finding something that someone needs and doing that service for them. So it's a lot better than uh, a lot of things that a lot of other people are doing. So I'm sure that you're going to be a success uh, in that regard because – Everyone needs help with something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about giving value. Yeah, man. Um, And that's honestly, dude, like, it's interesting to me because, again, like, at your age, I I know me at that age, I was pretty selfish and I liked to go out and party. And, uh, and, you know, looking at kids uh, and folks your age, sorry, kids. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. I I am a kid. 100%. (laughs) Well, you know, it, you you don't talk like it though, man. Like you you talk like with this this level of maturity that's just not common, I think, with people your age. Um, but it, you know, it's 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 a lot of folks out there, especially nowadays, that want to try and, and get rich quick um, by selling a product that only benefits them. Sure, I get to wear a shirt that reps my favorite brand, but what aside from that, what did I get from from them? Their content, like a few laughs or whatever. But there's there's honestly there's not a ton of people out there that are like I want to help. Like I don't really care if you rep my brand because I just want to help you improve yourself, um, which will then you know carry over to uh, the people that they influence and so on and so on. So you kind of you're kind of wanting to step into uh, the mentor role. Um, is that something you kind of picked up from Charlie, or is that just something that you kind of you've wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a combination of both because um, Charlie also does educational content, and you know, educational content is is really really good because uh, it's it's a win win scenario, and um, you know, like all all the lessons that I've learned, all the mistakes that I've made, uh, like my education, my lessons, that's like the most important thing that I've gotten from it. Not not like all the money that I lost, not all the time that I wasted. It was the lessons that I learned. And um, I think, like, at the end of the day, um, y- your education, your knowledge, and your skills is, is what really matters. So um, I think that's that's what I, I want to do, uh, or w- what I want to focus on, at least, is just education, helping people with um, their, their skills, their knowledge, um, and helping people that want to get into, like, social media and stuff like that is, uh, is one of my passions, because... Uh, when I first started, I didn't know any of this stuff about social media, like how to grow on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and all that stuff. And then I learned it from Charlie. 
as well as learning it from my own experiences uh, with, with my experimenting with my channel. And so like, if I can help anybody out there uh, with, with growing on, on social media, then I'll, I'll be happy to, to answer any message and, and talk about it. I, I could talk about it for hours. Like I'm super passionate yeah. about social media. Right on, man. So uh, normally towards the end of these interviews, we ask people like, what would you say to a younger version of yourself? Uh, and would you change anything? Um, I mean, a really younger version of you is how old? What would you change in your life up to this point if you could? And what advice mm. would you give yourself uh, if you're starting again? I think I would have told my younger self back in like, so when I graduated from boot camp and all that training, I came back to, I, I, was, I was living with my parents and I just kind of fell into those same old habits where I was just like doing college, didn't really do much, even though I knew I wanted to get into business and entrepreneurship. And I was just like wasting my life away. And so if I were to go back and tell my younger self something, I'd be like, hey, you need to do something. You need to stop being afraid of failing and stop being afraid of losing all this money and uh, start now. Like take action right now and you're going to fail anyways in the future. You might as well start failing now. So that that's something that younger version of me was really afraid of was um, failing and trying new things and, and just, just going for it because I had all these ideas. I just didn't execute on them. Uh, so if I did act on them earlier, I think I would have um, been a lot farther ahead by now. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Kevin told me this before. Have you ever heard of something called failing forward? Where, yeah, you might be failing, but you're trying. In some cases, a lot of people don't even try, but they're still failing, but they're not moving forward with learning from what they failed. So that's a good point, man. I, I think that's awesome that you would tell people that. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of goes back to um, where you're earlier when you were saying that before during that time frame you had all these ideas and you you you'd study up on them or whatever. But at, at the time you you considered yourself a, a entrepreneur, whereas now you're 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 creating forward motion. Even if you happen to fail, you're learning what's right and what's wrong and what works and what doesn't. And you're like Tyree said, failing forward. That wasn't from me. I don't I don't know where you heard that, but I do like that that uh, that phrase though. I give you credit. You're a smart person. <laughs> Yeah. You and the yeah. doc. Hi, doc. That person right. will know who I'm talking to when they listen. <clears throat> so, right, for sure. What uh, social media do you have? How can people get in contact with you, sir, before we shut this show down? Uh, so, on YouTube, if you just search up Joey Wynn, uh, I know my last name is a little bit uh, hard to, to spell. Uh, if nobody's ever met any Vietnamese people out there, it's like one of the most common last names. <laughs> yeah, Win um, Win is like uh, you know uh, Jones Smith Johnson. Yeah, Brown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, if you just search up Joey Win on on all platforms, you should be able to find me. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for those that don't know how to spell Win, it's in the it'll be in the show title for sure. But N G U Y E N. Um. That's not so. Listen, I, I, I have a friend of mine that I grew up with. She's a, she's a Win. And um, we talked a couple of years ago and she was like, you know, it's one thing that's kind of always kind of bothered me a little bit is how people, uh, she's like, how you white people say my name. <laughs> she's like, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you guys say win, like it's W-I-N. It's not pronounced that way. I'm like, how's it pronounced? And I still to this day can't do it right. But um, wasn't there somebody, yeah. I want to say in basic training, it was name was win, but the, the guy couldn't get it right. So you just call him engine. I'm like, that ain't, <laughs> like that ain't that ain't how it works, man. Like you gotta. No, 
Yeah. Or uh, I'm sure you've heard that or like Naguyan. Yeah. 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 That's probably the most common. Yeah. When? Yeah. 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 Get it. Joey double underscore when on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then from there you have your link tree and you can find all your other stuff. Um, and we'll, and, and on the show, we'll, we'll obviously put your social medias, um, in the description so people can find you. Um, but yeah, y'all, y'all, uh, for people that want to, uh, learn a little bit about Marine Corps life, uh, if you want some, uh, some good finance stuff, finance tips, um, check out his channel, go check out Charlie Chang. Um, and actually your, your username set up the same way as his, right? Charlie double underscore Chang. Um, seeing a pattern there. <laughs> yeah. It's cause somebody uh, already took a Joey win without any underscores. So I was like, damn. Yeah. Got double adapt. Adapt and win. overcome. But yeah, y'all go check out his content, man. It's uh it's pretty good. It's very informative. Some of it's funny. Um, cause you know, Marines, um, I do, I do like in your bio, I interviewed crayon eaters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like that. Okay. It's sense of humor. I, I dig funny. it. Um, but yeah, people go check them out. Um, give him a follow, like all of his stuff, and then tell your friends. Word. And on that note, folks, it's time to end this episode of Before I Forget. Thank you for liking, listening, joining, following, subscribing, and all that bullshit to our awesome show. Uh, I just happen to have the greatest co-host in the history of co-hosts who's now retired from the military, you motherfuckers. So we're going to talk about some really cool stuff later. Uh, oh yeah um yeah so for those we got a show coming up i guess um uh you know and it's funny Tyree is definitely more excited about my retirement than i am uh <laughs> but uh uh because he's been asking me for the last like two months you retired yet you retired yet you retired yet um yeah. but no we got a show coming up uh we're gonna talk about all that stuff and future content should or could or will potentially sound a little bit different coming from me because I have a little bit more freedom on certain things that I that I that I've been wanting to kind of mention or talk about. So we'll get into all that later. Everybody, just stay tuned for all that shit. Joey, do you have anything? Nah, nah. Just thank you guys for having me. Right Absolutely, on. dude. Uh, very informative, man. And um, I wish you great success uh, in what you're in what you're doing. And uh, uh, I'll be sure to follow along with you. And uh, Maybe one day, dude, like when you, uh, like, you know, six months to a year or something, we can bring you back on and see where you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to come back on. Uh, and yeah, if you guys are, are interested on the Parade Deck community, um, if you guys have, like, separate emails that you guys want to use, just send that over. And I could send you guys an invite to the uh, the Mighty community. Uh, I do bi-weekly coaching calls uh, for all the veterans on there that want to grow on social media. Uh, there's a lot of, like, pre-recorded lives that you guys can watch where I talk about pretty much everything that I know, uh, everything that I've learned from running my social media business to running Charlie's operation. We have like over 18 contractors overseas that I manage every single day. And just, you know, teaching everything that I know about running a multi seven figure, uh, social media, personal brand, uh, that, you know, you guys can access, uh, totally for, for free. Uh, just give me your emails and I'll, I'll invite you guys. Right Hell yeah, dude. That's Good awesome. going. All right. So like I was saying, uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you for like, listening, sharing, subscribing, and watching. Uh, thank you. Uh, we'll see you later. Say bye, Kevin. Bye, Kevin. Bye, everybody. Peace. <laughs>